Hey y'all, welcome back to Coffee Chatter. This week's podcast is going to be just a little bit different than the usual ones. Um, At the time of recording, I am traveling, I am far away from home, (laughs) and I thought that I had my audio files for the podcast in the cloud, but we were having some trouble with Dropbox last week, and um, now they are not there. So I do not have my intro music for you. (laughs) However, Um, I wanted to record the show anyway because I know that a lot of you have been requesting this topic. We're going to talk about um, what there is to do as a freelance writer besides actually writing. So once you go into freelance writing, what are some of the other options that crack open for you? Now you are listening to Copy Chatter. This is normally where my intro music would be, Um, but this is a podcast all about Um, freelance writing business. We talk about the writing, we talk about the marketing yourselves as a writer, we talk about the mistakes that I see a lot of writers make. I'm Ashley, I've been doing this for about 10 years now, and I have so much I want to share with you, so let's dive in. Now, as I said before, I'm traveling this week. My family is on vacation. This is not so much of a vacation for me. <laughs> this is what we call a working vacation for me. So my husband and my kids and um, all the other relatives are at the zoo this morning and I'm getting a lot of stuff done so that I can play when they get home. One of the great things about being a freelance writer is that you don't necessarily have to have a, like a big office with a big fancy setup. It really is portable. Um, and that is true um, of your physical location Really all you need is a laptop and a notebook, I guess, um, to do your job. And um, it's also true in a sense of the actual work that we do. We are not stuck in one place. Um, A lot of my writers, uh, because this is what I teach, I teach my writers to start freelancing as uh, bloggers for hire. So going into this whole thing as um, offering the service of writing blog posts for businesses to use as marketing tools. I always thought that was a great entry point. It's how I got started and um, it's it's great because it's low risk for you, it's low risk for the client, um, and it, it just seems like the, the a good starting point. The barrier to entry is fairly low. Um, so this is what I teach. But then I found, um, as I went along my own journey and as I looked around at the people around me, I got started with freelance blogging And pretty quickly, I was doing other things, including things that were not necessarily even writing at all. And um, this was back in 2010, and the world looked a lot different back then. (laughs) There's a whole lot more information out there now about entrepreneurship and working for yourself. Um, There was not so much of it back then. I had to sort of figure it out as I went. And for the most part, I just sort of let myself get carried along by the current. Uh, Speaking of currents, (laughs) you may hear a lot more noise on this uh, episode than usual as well. I don't have my normal recording equipment. Um, You probably can tell that I sound different because I'm using my lavalier microphone instead of my good studio mic. Um, I think the yard work guy is done with his mowing and his weed whacking. Um, But yes, if you just heard the fans coming on, (laughs) you may hear a bit of that. You might even hear the phone ring. Anyway, but I digress. What I was trying to say is that when I was getting started, there wasn't a whole lot of information about niching and picking your track and whatever. I didn't suffer from information overload. I actually suffered from information deficit, which in a way was good because I could just sort of see where it took me. 
And over the years, more and more people started publishing about freelancing and started offering info products about it and whatnot. Um, and, and so the landscape looks really different. Now, when you begin to think about freelance writing and you even maybe do just a basic Google search or you poke around in a Facebook group or something, you're going to find that there is so much stuff going on in this digital landscape. There's just so much. Last week's podcast episode, I talked about all the things that you could do as a writer besides blogging. And this week, I want to talk to you about all of the other services that are tangential to writing that you might find yourself drawn to. Now, something that you may not realize, especially if you're new on the scene, or something that you might resist, (laughs) I resisted this for a long time, um, is the understanding that when you are a freelance blogger, when you are a blogger for hire, when you are going out there and writing blog posts for businesses to use on their own blogs, you have entered the realm of digital marketing. I used to be really put off by this concept of marketing. Um, In fact, I talk about this a lot in my new course, Client Bound. Um, I was really resistant to the idea that I had anything to do with marketing because to me, marketing was like a dirty word. I thought marketers were people like used car salesmen and, and pushy advertisers and, you know, the people who wrote those terrible scripts for radio commercials. They're just awful. Marketing wasn't something I wanted to be associated with. So it took me a long time to realize that as a blogger for hire, I was a marketer. I was writing marketing material for other businesses to use in their digital marketing plans. So I want you to open up to this idea that you are now a digital marketer. You are a highly specialized one. You have a niche. You are a, technically you're a copywriter. Um, and you specialize in blog posts or, you, or whatever you specialize. Most of my readers start off, or listeners <laughs> start off as um, in blog posts. And that's, like I said, that's where I started too. So this is where we are. We are freelance digital marketers in the copywriting niche, specializing in blog posts, maybe even burrowed even further down into a niche. But once you enter this digital marketing world, there is a whole lot more going on. And if you look around and start paying attention, Um, you will see that there is so much going on under this digital marketing umbrella. Maybe you've even taken a look and gotten kind of overwhelmed, (laughs) which is really easy to do these days because there is just so much content being shoved at us about all the different facets of digital marketing. So I want to lay out just some of the things that you may find yourself pulled to, you know, drawn to, interested in, curious about, um, And uh, I have a list here, and I really am just going to go down my list. So um, as a digital marketer, as someone who is familiar with writing, comfortable with writing, um, one of the things that may be an easy thing for you to move into is Facebook ads. And I know that that sounds really funny, but Facebook ad copy is very valuable, and it's very hot right now because a lot of people are running Facebook ads and they don't really know what to do with their copy. So you may find that um, if you get curious about the ads that are hitting you in your newsfeed and you pay attention to the ones that you want to click more of and read all of um, versus the ones that you just keep scrolling past and that kind of thing, Facebook ad copy is a really interesting niche to get into. Now that I'm running my own Facebook ads, um, I am realizing just how 
important this service is and how, you know, like kind of special it is. It's, and it's a lot of fun. The, um, the ideas and the execution, it's a lot of fun and it's, it's different than blogging. It tends to be a lot shorter. You tend to get, um, your results a lot faster. You get validated or not validated <laughs> within a couple of days for the most part. Um, so it's much faster paced. And when you have a, when you have a winner, it feels awesome. Really cool. So Facebook ads are an option. Um, another thing that happens a lot in my world, I sort of fell into the funnel building world. Um, and I know a lot of people who started off as writers who got really interested in what was actually happening with the pages that they were writing. So they moved into building these funnels. They're called sales funnels. Um, most of the people I know use a software called ClickFunnels. There's also like Beaver Builder and Kartra and I think Kajabi has some now and there are a few others. Um, you can even build funnels on WordPress, but basically a sales funnel is, um, if you think of a website as like a collection of pages that all sort of fit together, a sales funnel is like a trail of pages. So you start on the sales page, then you go to the order form, then you go to a special offer, and then maybe you go to another special offer, and then you go to a confirmation page. So there's, there's, there's a specific order that they fall in, and um, and there's just one page at a time. That is a sales funnel. So um, building these funnels, first the first thing you'd probably do is learn how to write the copy for the different funnels if you find a client who needs that. And then you may become interested in building out these funnels. So becoming a funnel builder um, is another option. Something that I kind of dabbled with early in my career was graphic design. So I was writing these blog posts and I wanted to make maybe an image to go with them or like a button or a banner to go in there to say, you know, hey, if you like this blog post, you can download this, whatever, blah, blah, blah. That's called a content upgrade. And making those images that you set onto the pages is graphic design. That's a great service if you can pick it up um, to turn around and upsell to your blogging clients. Um, you can make pins, you can make buttons. Um, there's a lot of graphic design that can go along with a blog post. And you may find that you sort of enjoy working with maybe bloggers and you're making blog headers and you're making social media icons and all kinds of things like that. Um, if you're drawn to the visual side of things, that's a really easy pair with, um, with your writing services. If you find that you are extremely drawn to the design side of things, you could go into web design and then you're a, you're a powerhouse. You're a, you know, a double threat and it's pretty easy to pick up a third skill and make yourself a triple threat of web design. So you can design the website, you can write all of the copy for it, and then maybe you can do all of the tech hookups in the back end for the email list and the plugins and the whatever. That makes you a triple threat. And if you can be a triple threat, that's awesome. You can sell really expensive packages that way. Um, closely tied with web design is what we call development, web development. So the designer is the one who makes things look the way they're supposed to, and the developer is the one who makes the websites act like they're supposed to, if that makes sense. So a lot of designers can do a little bit of coding. Web development is also called coding because you, you code a website. You, you type the code in and make the website. You build it from scratch, basically. So a lot of designers um, can do some coding. A lot of designers um, can code from scratch, but maybe they prefer the visual design aspect 
instead. And then you might find that you have a, a hybrid designer developer. So you can come up with the ideas and then you can execute them from scratch. And then if you also have the writing ability, then you are a massive triple threat. You are just a complete powerhouse and you can charge thousands and thousands of dollars for these projects because it's, it's a full website, start to finish, completely custom, all the bells and whistles, um, etc. So um, that is certainly a direction you can go. And I know some really good um, designers and developers who have courses and stuff. If you want to learn about that, you can always get in touch with me. I'd be happy to make recommendations. Um, let's see. And then um, there are a few other things that kind of go along with digital marketing. Um, but I think those are the big ones. Building the funnels, doing the design, maybe the development, running the Facebook ads. Not just ad copy, but the entire ad them ads themselves can be a lot of fun, especially if you like data and tracking things. Facebook ads can really scratch that itch. Um, another area, kind of another umbrella to go under outside of digital marketing is just kind of general VA services. So VA stands for virtual assistant. A lot of times people get started as a VA and then their clients want them to write stuff for them as part of their VA duties. So they find that they um, move into the writing piece or they start off as the writing piece, marketing themselves as like a writing VA of some sort. But there's there's a lot of um, overlap sometimes between these two roles. The, these are two roles that can really easily go together. So as a VA, what you're doing is offering basically administrative support to a blogger or a small business entrepreneur or something like that. Um, I see a lot of bloggers hire VAs. A lot of entrepreneurs do too. But if you're a writer, you might want to specialize in being a VA for bloggers because you understand the blog content. And then if you can pick up the VA services, then um, you can, can be a really powerful asset for a blogger's team. So as a blogger's VA, you might be doing things like um, email management, um, you might be keeping the website itself updated and like monitoring the plugins and maybe making recommendations for plugins. You may be the one who's not only writing the content but also formatting it and uploading it and publishing it and scheduling it. Maybe you are the one making the content upgrades and then you are the one making the button for people to click on to get the content upgrades. And maybe you are the one setting up those email lists and connecting the content upgrade on the blog post to the email list and, and doing the delivery and then getting them on the main list and all of that. There are so many really interesting moving pieces behind the scenes of any online business, but especially a blog. So this could be a really interesting place for you to plug into. Now the downside to VA work is that it doesn't pay as well as freelance blogging, um, as blogging for hire. A lot of bloggers I see don't want to pay more than maybe 30 to $50 a post. If you can find the really successful ones who, who have their content machines built and they are publishing day after day after day, they may have enough income and may understand the value of what you do enough to pay $100 or $150 a blog post. But I have very, I've found very few blogger clients, at, you know, like not like business clients, but bloggers who will pay more than about $150 to $200 a blog post, which is still pretty good money. That still could be $0.15, $0.20 cents a word, which is a great rate. Um, but they're a little bit harder to find. They are out there. They are certainly out there. I've worked for many of them. <laughs> 
Um, and as a V, oh, we got the, the weed whacker guy coming back. Um, anyway, as a VA for them, being able to write the post and then do all of the hookup and the setup, you may find that that's a really fun niche for you to get into. Oh, he's getting closer. Um, we are almost done with my list though, so I'm going to keep pushing forward. Um, other VA services that you might add include things like email management, customer support. You know, if you're really familiar with the blog content, then you can answer a lot of customer questions because you're familiar with the scene. You know what's, what's in the blog. So you can answer those questions. So customer support might be um, a good tie-in for you, although I will say support doesn't pay as much as writing, or it shouldn't. I mean, customer support, good writing should command higher rates than customer support, unless you're like a customer support specialist, in which case the sky's the limit. Ultimately, the sky's the limit, but generally speaking, customer support doesn't get nearly the hourly rate that a good freelance writer should get. Um, that said, work is work, and the more invaluable you are to a person, the more valuable you are, and the more stable your job prospects are. So it's really all about whatever your goals are for your business. Um, and then finally, as a VA, as an experienced VA, or as an experienced writer, you may find yourself slipping into more of a like a project management type of role. So a project manager is um, more than just the writing. You are the one coordinating. So your client might come to you and say, Ashley, I want to launch a course and I've got all this stuff written for the course um, but I need you know I need it to be organized I need it to be uploaded to teachable I need someone to do the emails and I just can you just tie it all together for me and then I'm like sweet awesome I will totally manage this project so maybe we have maybe it's all just on me and I do the whole thing or maybe we have someone who specializes, maybe we have the email person. So I coordinate with the email person and say, get these emails uploaded. And maybe there's a website person and I coordinate with the website person and I say, we need a new page for this. And maybe I go to the graphic design person and I say, we need this, this, and this visual, and we need this logo, we need these buttons. You know, so I'm the one who is going to everybody, delegating all the stuff, making sure the project happens, and then I can turn around to the client and say, we will have this done for you by, you know, six weeks from now, whatever that date is, and I'm in charge of all of it, and I will give you progress reports. You know, I'll let you know if we have any snags, and I'll send you status updates. That's kind of what being a project manager might look like, and so you might find that you are really skilled at getting everyone to do their stuff, and so being a project manager may suit you, and you can be the pro you can be um, in a project manager type role and still be the writer. So like for example with that course example, if your client comes to you and says I need a course, you may be the one to write the emails, write the courses, write all of the promo stuff, write the content for the new website page, etc. And then you are also the one who is turning around and getting the graphic design done, getting the tech hookups done, getting the email, like the implementation done, um, while you are also still the writer. You just sort of, you take on the responsibility of this project um, that looks mostly like a writing project with some other stuff. And either you can do that sort of other stuff or you can turn around and outsource that other stuff. That's, that's what being a project manager might look like for you. So those are kind of the VA services. Like I said, it's administrative support and it can go way beyond admin stuff into project management, into team management, even into like Facebook community type stuff where you um, take on a, like a, a prominent role in managing the activity in your client's Facebook group or on their Facebook page or responding to comments and that kind of thing. 
Um, it, there really is so much that you can do. Um, and then I want to pull back, come back home to the editorial side of things. <laughs> you can go into this as a writer and find that your responsibilities expand in the editorial capacity, or you may find that you enjoy other aspects of the editorial um, side of things. That includes things like maybe you, you want to move into proofreading. Maybe you want to be an editor. Maybe you started off writing and editing posts for clients and then you decided you liked doing that and you wanted to do it for larger projects like books or smaller projects like social media or whatever. Um, maybe you really enjoy um, formatting. So formatting can mean a lot of things. Formatting is basically getting the text ready for its final destination. That's, how, that's not a formal definition. That's sort of how I think of it. So formatting might be anything from putting the bold and getting the HTML set up for a blog post to publish on WordPress all the way over to the other side of taking, you know, a book manuscript, marking out the chapters and getting it ready to get uploaded on Kindle. Kindle formatting is a thing. <laughs> People pay decent money for Kindle formatting. Um, you may find that you, um, like other, um, other types you might like some of the other work that goes along with the writing. Um, I just talked about Kindle, so you might like that if you find a client who um, is into ebooks, you may find that you like the formatting piece and getting it ready to publish. It's kind of like a puzzle. It's sort of like you have all these steps and you have all these things that could go wrong, and you upload it and you see if you got it right. <laughs> and sometimes you do, and sometimes you don't. I found formatting infuriating. I hated it, but I know a lot of people really like that sort of nitty gritty minutia of is the comma in the right place and are the, all the little code snippets in the right place. I, I struggled with that. It was not my favorite. I'm happy to outsource that, but some people love that stuff. You may find that you really love the process of doing all the peripheral stuff to get a book ready to launch on Amazon. So you like the book description. You like setting up the Amazon ads. Maybe you... Um, I don't know. There's a lot that you can do with the book editing. Maybe you write the manuscript, but then you also get into writing the book description. Now, this is getting back back into last week's episode talking about other types of writing that you can do. Um, but um, there's one other thing I want to mention. I think the main thing I get questions about is how do I get into editing? Um, and basically, you start offering it. <laughs> and you find editing clients similar to the ways that you find writing clients. Um, if you fall into, um, if you really dig into the, like the blogging niche, whether you're doing corporate blogs, like business blogs, or you're working for a blogger, you may find that you ascend the ranks into blog management stuff. So this is when you're more like an editor in chief and you are setting the editorial calendar and you are editing everything and setting everything to publish and doing the schedule and managing the contributors. Maybe you do a little bit of project management in a sense because maybe there's, you know, you requesting the pins from the graphic designer for all the blog posts and you are um, dealing with the person who does all the formatting and uploading because that's usually um, less, a lot of people who by the time they're hiring an editor-in-chief, they have staff, um, they have other people doing the less expensive stuff and like uploading posts and that kind of thing. So we just covered a ton of ground, a lot of territory, and I'm curious to know what of any of these things sound interest to you, sound interesting <laughs> to you. 
and um, what you might like to pursue. So um, a big question I get all the time is, how do I find these clients? It's really the perennial question of any freelance service provider. How do I find clients? I um, have something for you if you are stuck in that finding clients mode. It is my new course. It's called Client Bound, and it's all about how to find freelance writing clients. And these are the types of clients whose um, gigs are going to open these types of doors for you so that you can get into blog management, so that you can get into VA services, so that you can get your foot in the door for Facebook ads or any of the other digital marketing things. So if it sounds interesting to you, if you would like a little support and a little help, maybe take a course on finding freelance writing clients, I recommend that you go check out my course. It's called Client Bound. You can find it at copychatter.com clients. And of course, you can reach me anytime, ashley at ashleygainer.com. Send me a message. Tell me hello. Tell me you found me on the podcast. Um, if you visit the podcast homepage, copychatter.com, then you'll find links to the show notes. You'll find links to um, the Facebook group. I invite you to come and join us and to come hang out with us and get your questions answered and maybe even have your question or your story featured in a future episode of the podcast. So normally this is where my outgoing music would be, um, but <laughs> we don't have that today. It's just you and me hanging out. So until next week, I bid you a fond farewell.